It's a mental health chat Monday, the new and improved version, honey. On this series, we sit down with a brand new guest every week to discuss their journey with mental health and mental wellness. Because here on Mental Health Chat Monday, our motto is turning mental illness into mental wellness. Now, I'm your host, Dita Bionic. Thank you all for being here. If you want to know more about me, my links are all down below. But I am not who we're talking about today. Today, we are here with a phenomenally talented Booked, blessed, and busy actor and a good friend of mine, Abe Shaw is in the house tonight. How are you, Abe? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? <gasps> you know, I am actually thriving right now. I love that. I feel good. I'm I'm like I'm in this like healing era where like I feel like I've healed enough and now I'm ready to heal other people. So mm-hmm. I'm like Let's do it. Let's actually talk about it. So, yeah. That's a lot of power in that, too. Yeah. Listen, I'm a Capricorn. Don't talk to me about power. (laughs) (laughs) You know I love power. We live for power. Um, Introduce yourself to the people. Let everybody know who you are, what you do, how we know each other, how we met. I don't even really remember how we met. I know it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a few years. Uh, I'm Abe. Uh, I'm an artist, actor, content creator, uh, music artist, um, and just a lover of friends. You know, I'm, uh, I have been really focused on the healing part. I'm in, a, I'm, heal- I'm in my journey now for healing, um, and that has affected the music and everything that I've been doing creatively mm-hmm. um, to be more open to try different things and really just, you know, push myself fully um i've been in therapy almost a full year now and yes. that's been, and you know that's been a, a a big step for me because that's always been a block i've always been an advocate for it mm-hmm. but to now actually follow the words that i've given other people <laughs> is like ooh, i'm honestly in the same like a very similar boat i advocate advocate y'all will see it throughout this whole entire series i advocate for therapy and medication Mm. if needed and i have never seen a therapist Mm. shocking very shocking well you kind of talked about it a little bit but mental health check that's how we always start these episodes where Mm. are you how how is 2023 treating you so far how do you see the rest of the year going for you where you are right now at this vantage point yeah so um the beginning was tough because uh the goals that I had in mind, I didn't exactly hit the mm-hmm. way I wanted to. For 2022? Um, uh, for, yeah, or going into 2023 mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. for that transitional period. I wanted mm-hmm. to, you know, be settled in a new location mm-hmm. um, and start, you know, blossoming and growing in that form. But life happens and things don't always go the way you want to. And then yep. that was that was extremely frustrating. So that transitional period of being back here has been tough. Mm-hmm. However, I'm still taking advantage of being here and, and finding the things that I can still benefit from being here. Yeah. And so, um, I'm doing well. I tell you for the situation, of course, I still have those goals in mind and I'm not giving up on those. I'm still aiming toward those. But, you know, I'm I'm content with where I am because I'm still working towards something and still you know benefiting from being here too. Yeah. You know. Amazing. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to ask, yeah. where the album yeah <laughs> oh that's been a slow <laughs> listen okay i only ask because i if y'all don't 
know him from his content that he creates online like knowing you on a personal level is incredible but seeing the content that you make and the music that i know is going to come from you i've heard you sing live i've heard you rap it i just know that it is gonna be so as a fan and as a friend i'm asking but also like (laughs) but i also understand it's a very long process and expensive sometimes yes um so we're about a little bit over halfway done um so we would have been eons ahead i would have my goal last year so that was another thing i didn't get uh-huh, uh-huh. i was supposed to have it done and i wanted to release it on my birthday but when i got cast in rent and everything i mm. thought we could we could do some things remote uh-huh. I got to that Airbnb and oh my god, <laughs> it was that setup was awful. I mean, oh, I mean, you could literally hear through like the walls, my washing dishes or whatever. It was like no, I was like yeah, this ain't no. gonna work. Uh-uh. So I had to hold off. And so now that I'm back, I'd say that's that's one part I'm like benefiting from from being here. I can actually be in studio with mm-hmm. the producer and engineer I'm working with, mm-hmm. and you know really. Take the time to flush out these songs. It's on, and it's only it's gonna be only six songs. So it's That's fine. EP, I, but I, but I, 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 I will say I'm really excited about it because like yeah, the music that's I'm really excited. As a musician, I feel that I feel the excitement coming off of you, and I just ah, music is such a a beautiful outlet and such a a powerful point, like a powerful therapy tool. Even though it's not like really therapy but writing is yes oh and and the release of like because because i you know i'll make demos at home mm-hmm. like the structure of like a song and sometimes i won't even finish it fully but i'll come in i give and we work something and it turns into something like even beyond like what yeah. i was even you know I, I get i get even more excited you mm-hmm. know and i'm learning you know i'm like I've always been a music nerd. I've always like learned so much regarding music business and whatnot. But like actually doing it myself now, I'm like, oh, it's it's it's, the, it's a weird place. Yeah, like, yeah. I, there's a lot I don't know, but I'm learning a lot. Uh-huh. And like that's I'm excited. I'm excited. And the music that's coming for the first portion, it's gonna be focused on a lot of like the healing period mm-hmm. of things. And so I'm really. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited for it too. I I cannot wait. I think I don't think I know it is going to be phenomenal. So I just had to ask for the fans because <laughs> yeah, that's we need to know. Um, so talking about healing and moving forward, kind of with the the story of Mental Health Chat Monday. Mm-hmm. Have you received? Have you ever been diagnosed with a mental illness or? seen a doctor and got like a clinical professional diagnosis if you are comfortable sharing yeah sure so i haven't gotten uh i haven't gotten a clinical diagnosis when mm-hmm. when in therapy you know they're very aware of my level of anxiety and stress and things that i have mm-hmm. um but i know i've had since i was 10 yeah um but to be able to you know find healthy habits of you know Touching on that, mm-hmm. I think that's really uh, benefited me in this past year since going to therapy. So, and how has this year of therapy? How has it affected the way you address relationships and how, like, how you go about your daily life? Mm. What has shifted? Yeah, so I'm really, you know, I was I was self aware in ways, but like now I'm really self aware of like a lot of things. But even more so, it's created 
me analyzing even people in my life mm-hmm. and how I approach them because I have a better understanding like where they're coming from mm-hmm. where I'm saying why they do what they do yeah and um like repeat like what again just like the, just give me like a, a not a roundabout but like an idea of how I guess how you walked around life and existence yeah. before oh, therapy yeah and then how therapy has affected the way you approach your existence after being, you know, starting this journey of healing. Because I know being in the beginning stages of healing is like the hardest part. It, it is fucking scary. Like you, you really don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be good for you, but you don't know from point A to point B how you're going to be. So how has this intermittent early phase of healing affected you? Yeah, it's really... Yeah, I'm just becoming way more self-aware of, like, things I do. I catch myself a lot. Um, Actually, last year was, like, the first time where I felt like I actually had uh, a panic attack. I had, like, Mm -hmm. my... And it was, like, mid-summer. A lot happened in that that time. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, like, family loss. It was the first time I got COVID. It was, like, Mm -hmm. a number of things happened all at once. But I felt so overwhelmed and um, I had never felt that at that state, but mm-hmm. I was aware of what was happening at the same time. And, you know, I was just trying to think of like the, the patterns and like the, uh, you know, the, the uh, exercises or things that could help me like, you know, catch my breath mm-hmm. and breathe. Um I think that's nothing too. I breathe more. Mm. I breathe way more. Oh. And, um... I'm aware of like when physically in my body, if I'm holding something, holding on to something way more. Um, and I'm really, I'm really think that's affecting even for like performance mm-hmm. and even recording something. Cause my breath is way, it's way deeper in the body and I'm way more connected to it rather yeah, than yeah. like thinking it's a muscle through situation as well, as far as like instead of like it be like a flowing thing. Yeah. I you know, I never thought of it like that. Though, well, not even thought of it like that, but I never even thought of the fact that like it does really feel like you're holding your breath when you're going through these fits of of self-loathing and and for me emptiness and like that deep deep barrel of depression and anxiety and like the all that stuff in your head that is like telling you whatever it is telling you. I never really thought about the fact that it really does cuz as a queer person, one of the things that um, there's this movie it's called Love, Simon a lot of people don't like it whatever I thought it was beautiful but there's a monologue that uh, Jennifer Garner hit Simon's mother's character has with him and she goes you get to exhale now Simon and when I watched that in the movie I was like holy shit it really is like holding your breath and the same thing is true for being mentally ill or, or having a panic attack or anything. It feels like you can't breathe. Yeah. So I love that you bring that up about like have, being more connected to your breath because it makes you feel more connected physically too, yeah? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And even with it and being in therapy, in the, in the first few months, there mm-hmm. were a lot of things happened early on where like taking risks and like um, touching on things that I've avoided for a long time that have mm-hmm. happened to me. Yes. And touching on the thing that a lot of things happen very quickly. And mm-hmm. so in my head, you know, everybody's different. Their process and journey is different. But I was like freaking out thinking like, am I moving? Like, <laughs> like wait, what's, what's going on? Like, what's happening? Wait, 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 wait. 
I need a backpedal. I need a backpedal. Yeah, hold on, yeah, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was scary. But once those, those things started happening, mm-hmm. it was like I was just cognizant that that's just what my journey is. And I was just respectful that, hey, these are things that we've thought about for years. Mm-hmm. But now that we're like actually touching on it and not dodging it after a while yeah, like, yeah. it's like a lot of probably there were some things that I had done before and without realizing it that was helping with my journey of uh, healing and like really addressing those things mm-hmm. and so once you know we were in therapy and touching all those things it was like okay but a lot has happened and a lot of changes have happened and um, I've just had way more gratitude for a number of things mm. Just in this past year. Hmm. Yeah. Um, talk to me about how... I'm totally deviating from my script now. Yeah. Talk to me about how being a creative helps your mental health and how... Well, well, we'll start with that. We'll start with how it helps your mental health. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll move on to the next part of the question I have for you. But talk to me about that. Yeah. Um, so when the, when the pandemic started, mm. it was... Yeah. <laughs> When I had when I came back at first, I didn't know what I was gonna do. Mm-hmm. I really thought I was gonna go crazy and, and my just being in the house and just mm-hmm. not doing anything, not going anywhere. But that's where I found my most creative content that I've ever created. Yep. Like I was just throwing things to the wall and just doing it, and it felt oh my god, it felt so good. Like it to feel like it was productive. It became my work. It mm-hmm. became like. You know, I've always been passionate about this stuff, but like I actually had the time and, yeah, I, yeah. and I made it a priority. And it's like I didn't have no other choice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I ain't got nowhere else to go. <laughs> right. So right, I just right. want to do it. Yeah. So yeah, that it's it, it benefited. It helped me in that regard. And so now you know, it's a balance of trying to figure things out, but you know, still being creative has kept helped me stay. Um, even uh, holding myself accountable for mm-hmm. things I'll say I want to do. And so, yeah, it, it benefits in multiple ways. You know, I felt similarly during the pandemic, too. I The first month of the pandemic, I wanted to legitimately surgically remove my skin. I was like, I can't be in this physical body anymore. I can't be in this place anymore. I need to... I'm, I get, like, cabin fever when I... Mm-hmm don't get to and it's not it was never about being around people it was never about being like out and going places it was just like i need to be outside mm-hmm. of this room of mm-hmm. the, these four well not this room because i was not in this room during the pandemic but it just was so constricting yes and my mental health was not good during the mental during the pandemic and then like something just completely switched that mm-hmm. second month i was like Oh wait, I can do whatever I want. I can't go outside, but I can go for a walk if I want to. Mm-hmm. I can go for a run. I was never gonna go for a run, but I went for many walks. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I wrote I wanna say sixty percent of my album during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Whatever wasn't done I did during lockdown. And then immediately once the lockdown was over, I could just get in the studio and boom record, boom record, boom record and get it out. Um, and I started working more on, I was like so against TikTok at the beginning of everything. I feel you. (laughs) 
I didn't join till uh, November of 2020. I didn't join until 2021. Fair enough. Maybe well, maybe it was later 2020, but like I joined when the fad was over. Like it's still a thing, but I was I was like fine. fine. I'm at home. What else I got to do? Um, But like even with YouTube, I. Since 2020, I've posted more consistently on YouTube mm. than I have. And I've had my channel for, like, 10 years. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I just was like, I'm at home. I got nothing better to do. I was I was buying full sets of makeup and skincare and doing all this stuff, which I still like doing. And I, and I will eventually bring back to my channel once I build my finances back up. But it... Man, there was something about being locked away for three months with nothing to do that was just like, oh, okay, I get to, I get to be creative. I get to write and be with myself. And and it was like, I don't know. I, it, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was yeah. great. And I feel bad about that sometimes because, like, I came out of the pandemic, I feel like a better person. Whereas I know a lot of people came out of the pandemic feeling really dejected and, and hurt and broken and... Mm-hmm fully 100% valid but for me it was like a time where I like went into my little cocoon and I came out a moth I didn't come out a butterfly I came out a moth I just have to be honest about it (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had um, I had the privilege of a lot of things uh, during the pandemic Mm -hmm. uh, with opportunities that came from even like from being creative Mm -hmm. you know um, the connections with people like I probably wouldn't have had because those people were (laughs) Busy doing whatever, but now they had to sit down just like us. Um, but yeah, like when you you said something that made me think about uh, when I first started like being really creative with stuff. It first started with just like musical theater content, right? Uh-huh. So yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, so I was just starting with that and those ideas, and then like it was like every day someone would come out like, oh, you know what? This will work with this, uh, this like connecting these different things. Uh-huh. So I got to use, you know, different parts of passions that I have, mm-hmm. and TikTok. As much as I, the love and hate relationship that I have with oh. social media and, and as general, a whole, yes. but TikTok especially, it was like a training ground for me uh-huh. for, to do a number of things creatively that has got me to this point. Mm-hmm. Like stuff I do now on stage and stuff that I'm doing uh, musically and stuff that I'm doing otherwise. Yeah. But, you know, it, it really helped me sharpen tools and stuff and sit down and like focus on those things. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah that, it, TikTok for me did for me with makeup what it did for you with music. Mm. I've always been passionate about makeup and I've always enjoyed um, Halloween and dressing up and doing all that stuff. But as I get older and explore my gender expression more and kind of understand that I don't really give a good golly gosh darn about gender and Mm -hmm. what I can wear and what I don't wear and all this stuff. TikTok really was like, okay, well, I can wear makeup and put it on here and see what happens. Like, it's fine. Um... But on the flip side of that question, how do you feel creativity has maybe hindered your mental health or affected your mental health negatively? Yeah, I, I'd say that there's with that comes regret, too, because mm-hmm. um, there's really I, whether I like to admit it or not, there's an emotional connection to just about anything I put out yep. as silly as it may be or as serious as it may be. And if it's not. In my head, feel like if 
it's really <laughs> it's sensitive until I'm I become I become you know regretful that I even did it or mm. upset if it doesn't go the way I want I, I wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. And like then, if something doesn't turn out the right way. Yeah, that or even um who who it gets to or reception mm. of mm-hmm. social media particularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not creating something, putting something out there and it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It it's like that or you know, that hurts a lot sometimes and I get I feel I get upset about it. Um because it's like I put so much time and energy into this. I really care about this, and it's it's on my it's in my head mm-hmm. all the time. It's yeah. like I'm thinking about stuff all the time, and it sometimes it can be a lot to like that overload. Yeah, it's like really hits a lot, and so um, I'd say now, mm-hmm. which is in the healing vein, because it has always been that I'm just like, no, no we just gotta go, gotta go, 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 go. yeah, uh huh. Taking the time to be like, okay, let's just stop. I literally have to stop myself and and do what you're saying. If I go outside, if I just sit outside, or if I go and do a walk thing, or if I just watch something else, get off of social media, mm-hmm. watch something else. Um, I, those practices are what helps. But yeah, it it it's it's hard. It really is hard because, and it's hard if I see someone else who I know is creative. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they've given up or quit. Or perchance yep. they don't have the ability to express the way I've been able to. Yeah. And there can be a little sometimes a feeling of guilt regarding that and the feeling of uh you know, like what impact am I making mm-hmm. with what I have? Uh and so sometimes I wonder like, Oh, am I doing enough? Am I doing this? And so I have a lot of thoughts in my head that run through and so I, I have to like I, I literally have to stop myself and Take a break or try to be give myself more grace yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah. And that part is like the. I feel like as artists, especially as like artists, millennial, content creator, theater artist, musician, we have this like base level of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Oh my god, emotion that is uh, that is inherently connected. So I feel like artists all we create from an emotional place, whether we think it is or not. I mm-hmm. you can write a song that's just like I just want this song to be fun, and then you listen back to it and it's like, damn, <laughs> <laughs> shit! I was just trying to make a fun song. <laughs> like I'm not trying. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to feel any emotions when I listen to this. Really? And, like I. Song on my album, Audible. I wrote the song six years ago. Oh, yeah. Six years mm-hmm. ago. And maybe even more than that ago. And I listened to that song, and I'm like, yeah, this is a fun time. It's like sexual, and da-da-da-da-da. And then I listened to it, and I'm like, why is there activism in this? Oh, I wrote this as a name. Okay, all right. Yep. <laughs> so, like, you, you unintentionally write these things into everything you do because it's yeah, so connected yeah. to who you are as a person. And sometimes that becomes hard to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like what you're saying, what you're touching on, it's like it's hard for me to even enjoy like a project or a thing without having to think about this or that. Or like, well, what is it going to do for the people? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> What's exactly. it going to do for the people? Yes. Yeah, it's like, oh, they're going to hear that. That's what I'm going to turn it off right here. <laughs> like, yeah. I wrote this line in there and it's specifically for this. Yep, uh huh. Yep. 
Or like, you, you know, I, I put out an album last year, Centrist Comments, streamed yes. everywhere. Um, and it, it, like you do, I write from a very emotional place, mm-hmm. especially with that album. I wrote a lot of those songs from a really emotional place. Mm-hmm. And like, the songs that I more emotionally connect with aren't the songs that necessarily are like the peaking or like the ones that everybody's listening to. And I'm like, well, why don't you like this song I wrote about being lonely? <laughs> Are you not lonely? Do you not relate to me? <laughs> Real. It's so, it's so, but then there's also the other side of it where it's like, I want people to listen to or see the things that I create and to just enjoy them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, everything has to, like I said, I'm in my healing through art era and everything I do is going to have that like little bit of, magic sprinkled mm-hmm. onto it that's like you're gonna get something from this yeah, you yeah. don't know it yet but you're going to <laughs> I don't know it yet but you're going to <laughs> no no absolutely and it's, it's funny cause like even with working on this project you know it's going to be a healing period and things mm-hmm. I know that there are songs that I have that I want to set up that aren't going to be focused on that it's going to be more so what you were talking about the fun thing and yeah. I know that's probably going to still happen uh huh but I'm also I'm also thinking in my head I was just like you have to earn getting there, and I don't know if that's healthy or not. But I'm like you have to earn getting to that point of where you can make those songs where it's just about nothing. Yeah, or just like not as uh, I don't know if serious is the word to use, but like not as yeah, not as heavy. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. As yeah. Heavy. Um, and I'm just like shouldn't it be a combination of both? We should do that, but like nah. We gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta focus on doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I... Oh. <laughs> Being um, a writer... Because I know you write all your own music. Mm-hmm. Being a writer, specifically when it comes to music, and, like, not... There are songs that I listen to by other artists that, to, to the masses have no meaning or have very little meaning or just like fun vibey songs but I hear it and I'm like man this is oh like I feel this deep in my soul and I'm twerking at Lollapalooza right now like why am I crying that like I call my music crying in the club bops because like Mm. I write fun music that you can dance to that you can vibe to but if you listen a little too hard to them lyrics we are gonna be crying in the club. We are all gonna be crying in the club. Um, so to deviate a little bit away from being a creative, um, as black people, mental health is not very. How should I say? I heard this ain't a PC podcast, but also still want to be kind to my people. But we don't handle mental health well. Yeah. Um, has there been a point in your life where you felt, I don't want to say mistreated, but f- felt unsupported by the black community with your mental health or with your healing, with the process going to therapy, anything like that? Yes, but those things happened very early on. Um, yeah, I, be transparent without going too deep into it. When I was a kid, I did not feel like I had that support. Mm. Um you know, it was 
my my daddy's passed away since, but he he said a lot of things that affected me as a kid. You know that probably developed the outcome of wherever where I met and those things I have to break. You know, yeah. um, and therapy. And my mom, she she you know studied in and now is a counselor. Hmm. Um, but even with that, mm-hmm. it's it's difficult because the community you're around. I grew up in a very um, I grew up in church, and I grew up in a very... I grew up in a church, too. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And so you know how they look at mental health is like, as if you're crazy, you don't, and you, you your, your faith in uh, Jesus isn't as strong. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, um, yeah, it, it was constantly, I always, you know, taught that. I always thought there was something weird about that, mm-hmm. but I didn't really get to unpack any of that until college. Um, but yeah, that was uh, quite a number of my, my childhood. And now, but I'm at the period now for myself where it's just like, I really could care less if uh, there are people who think it um, cuckoo or whatever they want to, you know, portray somebody who's going to therapy or looking at mental health. It's getting talked about more. Mm-hmm. And I think that even though my mom is a, a a counselor, there are things that she didn't even know yeah. or understand. Um, and so getting to unpack those things, sometimes we have a lot of, we have conversations about it and some things, you know, she's not going to understand. <laughs> if she or whoever doesn't understand, that's fine. I'm, okay. I'm at the point where it's just like, this is for me and my healing. And I, you know, I look at my, so I, I look at my nephew, who's the next generation, mm-hmm. and like I, I love seeing your videos with your nephew, by the way. Yeah, I I love that kid with all my heart, and I just I really uh, he crosses my mind a lot too with certain things that even I do, you know, like just being his uncle, mm-hmm. you know, I I think about for like my healing and like things that I could potentially without even purposely trying to passing a cycle on to mm-hmm. him, and I just you know. Uh, I hold myself accountable a lot that, you know, I have to practice grace too with mm-hmm. that journey. But, um, yeah, I definitely have. I definitely have. That's pretty much been my entire life. But <laughs> um, I've also had a supportive village of people in the community too who have been mm-hmm. there for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I. so when I was in Chicago, mm-hmm. at the first early stages, there was a lot of loneliness. Time. I, I, you know, I didn't really know a lot of people uh-huh. and you know I hadn't really uh, really built a chemistry with the cast yet because there's a lot of time I wasn't there I was working yeah but you know when people came who came and saw the show the majority were black and that like that like that for my spirit mm-hmm. you know that really um, did something for me and like some people surprised me you know and some people you know I knew were coming but it was mm-hmm. just like Man, it felt really good to like somebody have come come and support like what I love and yeah. uh, what I'm doing, and you know anybody who comes, obviously who I love, like my friends who are not black, and like I love y'all too. But, but, it's, but different. it's different. It's, it's different. different. It's, it's different. different, and it's different when that support is there and that village is there, and you know it really it soothed a lot of time where I, I where I did feel lonely, and you know um, building the chemistry with this. This beautiful cast that I was with, this beautiful cast of color, um, and 
it, it it really it really was I don't know if I should say therapeutic, but it was. But it was like yes, soothing. Yeah. It was therapeutic for mm-hmm. me. And you know, um that really helped with me along my journey too. Like, you know, I've grown a lot just from those few months there. Yeah. It really is something different when you're with a cast with a cast of black people, but when the love comes from black people. It, we just love very different. Yeah. And if you're black, you know. <laughs> If you're black, you know. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, the show that we're doing this summer is an all-black cast, and mm-hmm. we had our first reading mm-hmm. on Monday. And it was just like... I haven't had that experience with a show since I did piano lesson back in... Eight years ago or so, something like that. Yeah, like really, yeah, yeah <laughs> before we knew each other a very long time ago. And it was an all-black cast, director's black, assistant director. The only white people involved were the people who ran the company. Mm-hmm. And it was electric. And I think that's why I, I'm kind of talking about, you know, not being supported in the family. I think that's why I'm working so hard to end the stigma in the black community because we love each other so much. Mm-hmm. And we always talk about breaking generational curses and, like, all this other stuff, especially if you grew up in the church, it's like all of these things mm-hmm. that we talk about wanting to do, but fail to do because we don't understand. Yeah. And oh, man, I want us all to just take that moment to be like, to just understand it, to just understand it. It's a chemical imbalance. It's something that happens. It happens to everybody. It's not just white people shit. It is everybody shit yes everybody <clears throat> yes uh, i was fortunate to come up with a mom who's very i talk about it all the time um very supportive and very understanding and mm. was like i got you mm. um but i think about my nieces and my nephews too and how they grow up and what they see and what they learn and what they learn from me and oh, it's weird being that like that age where you are imparting something onto the next generation. Yeah. It's like, this yeah. is not right. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> this is not okay. It's, it's interesting because like in spirit too, I, I think about the, the little version of me mm-hmm. and the younger me and that love that like he should have gotten mm-hmm. and a lot. Like I think about him a lot and you know, I think that helps too, because like I was afraid to do that, and like I'm just like that's scary, <laughs> you yeah. know, to think about yeah. everything that happened to me as a kid, the things I kind of just like, you know, threw to the side. Mm-hmm. But you that's know, that's what we do, right? That's and think, and that's apparent strength and throw and just mm-hmm. pushing through it. Yeah. Ooh, um, but you know, really facing it head on and like being transparent about that, and when emotions come, I just let it happen, and like. That's been a thing too, like how much I have had moments where I have cried or like released. It's like I haven't had that happen since I was like a little kid. You yeah, know, like yeah. a lot of times I was crying out of, you know, uh, the pain of something happening. And I was taught, you know, just as any <laughs> black boy, any good you know, Christian. Yes. You like, don't, don't cry and, you know, tough it out. I was never that kid. And I've had a lot of emotions and a lot of heart. And, um, you know, this past year, I've really just allowed myself to do it. And mm-hmm. you know, and the grace part is just the different. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's like, man, I, 
It's hard to be nice to yourself when you've been mean to yourself for so long. Yeah. And allowing yourself to feel that hurt and that anguish and that kid who was like, yo, we had it rough. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I just my 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 trauma didn't start until my teenage years. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my trauma is associated with my dad as well. And I had a great support in my mom and my siblings and I was able to be emotional, but I I am kind of naturally a closed off person, I think. As I've gotten older, I've opened myself up a lot more and just have been more free with my love and who I talk to and how I give it and who I give it to. Uh, I'm still very selective with who I give my love to, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm I am open to all people mm-hmm. within reason. Yeah. But I feel like when I was growing up, I, I just became very closed off because I didn't want to be a burden on anybody. I feel like I was, I was made to be a made to feel like a burden. Not by my mom and not by my siblings, by my dad, whatever. But that is something that I am still struggling with. <laughs> like, I, I, I reach out when I need to and I, I have a very lovely partner who is always in my corner and still my mom and my siblings and very, very close friends. But it's still sometimes it's hard to be like, hey, I'm not okay. <laughs> I I am at a point where, like, if somebody asks me how I'm doing and I'm not doing okay, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm good. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go no more deep into it than that. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And if I get that just okay, don't, uh-uh. <laughs> don't push it. Yeah, yeah, you got yeah, the okay, yeah, yeah. all right? Jeez. Respect the boundary. Yeah, respect <laughs> the boundary. Um, so... So, uh, so, um, curious regarding, so when you wrote, uh, My Infinite Sadness, Ooh, with that. My crowning achievement. Yeah, uh, which, I mean, beautiful, beautiful work. I, I still you. remember that to this thing. Thank you. Uh, what was that process for you for even putting that out there for people to take in? And, you know. Talk about, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. Um, (laughs) No, it was, honestly, that process was easier than I expected it to be. Mm. Um, So I I will go more in depth about this on on another episode about, like, my infinite sadness as a piece. But the, I was asked to write a short plea, a short, 10 minute piece by Shannon Geyer, you know Shannon. Mm-hmm. And um, it was the beginning and end. Yeah, the beginning and almost end. So the scene before the very last scene of My Infinite Sadness, the catharsis scene at the end was not there. It was the beginning and end, and it was one whole scene. And I was like, there's something more here. I sent it to Shannon and she loved it. And and I but I was like, I don't know, this isn't done. Mm-hmm. I said, there is something here that feels incomplete. I was like, I think I need to turn this into a full piece. And I wrote on it for a while. I wrote on it for about a year and a half, two years, I think. And I talked about this a little bit on the last episode. I I wrote most of those scenes at times when I was feeling what I talk about in the scene. So that Vertigo monologue I wrote while I was on the bus experiencing Vertigo. I wrote the Dark Matter scene. I was feeling... Who? I still remember that. I I that scene in it of itself is probably the most me of the whole show. Mm. 
the uh, everything else the whole show like it's semi 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 autobiographical but that scene is me mm-hmm. it is me when i was a kid reading the dictionary it is me at 30 years old still being obsessed with space and it's me in the times when i feel like i don't matter and i wrote that that end monologue was what i wrote first came from a place when i felt like i didn't matter and I felt like I was just completely worthless and useless. And after I wrote that monologue and I wrote that whole scene, I was like, shit. Okay. <laughs> like, I I have expressed how I feel. I have addressed this monster that lives in my head. I've personified it. I've given it a name. And now I am the reason. It wouldn't be here if I wasn't here. And so the 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 finishing it, I don't know if I ever told you this, the, it initially ended with the pendulum scene. The scene at the end of Act One. Yeah, yeah I remember that too. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent it I sent it to a couple of different people and I was like, hey, just read this, tell me how you think it feel. How you, how you feel? Beautiful piece. Cannot end it that way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? I asked every single person, I was like, why? And they're like, it just is so sad, it's so tragic, and if it's your story, it doesn't end that way. Like, you can't... If it's going to be autobiographical, you got to end it the way your story is still going. And I was like, but all stories don't end in a good way. I was, I, I had this whole point in my head where I wanted to be like, but what if it didn't end good? But it did. My story is continuing to go. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll add another... I'll add another scene and we'll see how it goes. And I kept writing and writing and writing and writing and writing. And it, at the end, when it was finished, and I heard it read out loud for the first time, reading it on paper myself was fine. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is beautiful. Hearing it out loud was like, oh. Oh. No. <laughs> it was like, uh, I don't, I, I, I cannot find the words to describe how it felt hearing it, just hearing it out loud for the first time mm. and putting the whole thing together, seeing it all come together was like, I think in that moment, opening night, I knew that my healing was going well. Mm. I knew, I said this on the, the last episode too, I didn't really feel truly happy until like I was somewhere around 25. Childhood, yes, absolutely, 100% happy. Teenage years, no. Yeah. Early 20s, no. Yeah. 25, and my infinite sadness and everything that that did for me was like, oh, this is what healing looks like. Yeah. This is what helping looks like and it was it, that was that was it that that piece spawned this that's why i do this this video audio podcast thing because i i want I have like a chill right now i want everybody to experience the healing and that i felt by telling that story yeah i think about that dark matter scene quite a bit actually it still it still stays with me no i truly i, I is, have thank you thank and you. i have learned even you know really with because like 
giving it a name, what you were saying. Like, I have learning to do that and also look at it as, okay, talking to it literally like, okay, the, these thoughts are like, yeah. you know. They, Those intrusive thoughts are mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. And, and being like, okay, let's have a conversation real quick about yeah. what you just said. Wait a minute, hold up. <laughs> let's talk about that. And I talked like. I, I talked to myself a lot, and uh-huh. like I, I talked to myself before a lot, but like now it's the conversation of okay, hold on, mm-hmm. let's let's reel back for a second and like look at this for a second, and like I respect that you're here and that you're going to be here. Yeah, you're cool. <laughs> yeah, like look, you, I you're gonna be around. Yeah, you, like you staying for free, no rent paid. Rent okay, free. I set the room up for you. You yeah. good? Yeah, but like we we gonna have to understand. <laughs> like, I run this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, and sometimes you know, that would be winning sometimes with like yeah. like the but the fact that the battle and fighting for that. Yeah, the hat and ooh, when you say you like you found it at twenty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I wish. Who's <laughs> <laughs> the same age? Aren't we? Uh, twenty nine. Oh yeah, yeah, I just yeah. turned thirty. So yeah, yeah, yeah. With like yeah, yeah a few months. Um, yeah. but yeah, I wish. At 25, I was even here right now. But, mm-hmm. like, to have this, like, journey happening, like, right before my 30s, I think it's really uh, impactful for me, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look at my 30s, it's like, okay. I'm excited about my 30s, honestly. Me too. I'm, I'm excited. And, and as a kid, like, I even picked on it, like, I, Frank, I didn't even know if I was going to make it to 30. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, and I think that's, a, <laughs> right? Right? That's a, that's, a, that's a feeling, like. I didn't think I was going to make it past 16. Yeah. Yeah, I had this, because, uh, like, where I grew up, I had this ongoing fear that I felt like, because I, I didn't have a bed, I slept on a couch, mm-hmm. and I had a fear that, like, this, the neighborhood we were in, that the bullet, was, a stray bullet was going to fly through, and, like, mm. and, yeah. That's a whole different level of fear, too. Yeah. Having to fear the outside and the inside, it's yeah. like, when do you ever feel safe? Right, mm-hmm. right, and, 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 and I think about that, too, because I was, like, 10, was, like, the first time I had, like, suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. And but to also have that fear of that, and fear being the thing, only thing that stopped me, not uh, a religion, not a anything else. It was fear. Yeah. And uh, to think about how both of those things happened at once is like, oh, like I'm thinking about <laughs> unlocking myself, but also, oh, I also don't want. I don't want to <laughs> like, die. I want, like what's the, <laughs> you know? I want to die, but I don't want to die. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Screams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um and like you know it's it's no surprise that creativity is like the passion of mine because mm-hmm. like it always was an outlet like just watching channel nine you know as a kid and like watching stuff like that helped i create i created ideas in my head or i live there instead yeah. like you know it, the, the coping mechanisms you know that, that are developed from that or films yeah. that just bring me joy and music to this day what it or uh, what it just uh, brings out for me yeah. um, when I'm feeling a certain way. It's just amazing, but also I think that that it can easily be a hurtful thing too because mm-hmm. you may try to escape too much with yes. <laughs> music. Yes, and we don't talk about the escapism of it all. Yeah. Like, so you can use those things to cope and like help, yeah. but don't dive too deep into. It. Well, yeah, I don't want to say don't dive too deep into them, but I know exactly what you mean. Sometimes you kind of like. So for me, it happened at 25 because. 24, I did something like 13 shows in 13 months. Like, I had done... Woo. Yeah, uh-huh. And that's Woo. not me, like, tooting my own horn and being like, yes! Like, no, I was 
never not working because I didn't want to be with myself. Yeah. And I I took a break at the end of October and I once I didn't do a show for a full month and I it was just me and my thoughts and working, I was like, wow, I hate myself. Mm. This is not the part. I have worked too hard to be this person again. And I I was like, I gotta go. I was feeling that cabin fever feeling. I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go somewhere. I gotta, I, we weren't even in a pandemic. And I was like, I gotta go. I just have to, so I did a trip. I went away for a week. Mm-hmm. And I had this incredibly beautiful spiritual experience in Albuquerque. And... Mm-hmm came back a completely different person. And truly, since since day one of that trip, since I touched down in Albuquerque, I have been a completely different person. I not That's not to say that everybody has to take an unintentional spirit journey, but <laughs> for me and the person that I am and the way I hold my energy and I carry myself, that was the thing where that, that time allowed me to be like, okay, let's reassess. Who are you? What do you want? How do you want to do it? Mm-hmm. And I think I actually finished. I think I wrote, if I remember correctly, I wrote the catharsis, the very last piece, that that spoken word piece at the end of my infinite sadness. If I remember correctly, I wrote that in Albuquerque. And that was the last piece of the show, I think. I don't know. It was a long time ago. But, yeah. Wow. It was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was beautiful. It really was. And so since then, and later that year, I met my partner. Like, I I was such a more open person than I had ever been before. Mm-hmm. And I still am, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think? Yeah. I think, I think, I think, I'm I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the last album I heard. I heard, I heard it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, that was a great fun. That was a fun process. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Oh, it just left me when I was about to... Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's not, it's not your fault at all. I can't remember exactly, but I... Yeah, I... I haven't had, like, a spiritual, like... Like, anything like that mm-hmm. happen. But, um... I don't know if I should even say I'm looking for it, but I am. Like, I want something like that, but... I think even just the experience of Chicago and just, mm-hmm. like, getting to just be out there and do it yeah so like i was discovering parts with myself you know i really was enjoying a lot of my time out there mm-hmm. it was it was just it was beautiful to get to explore different places and there's just so much out here like i've, I've been for very fortunate of things i've gotten to see mm-hmm. um already but just think about how there's so much I haven't even seen yet. And to actually be at this place where I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a lot of there's a lot of wins. There's a lot of wins. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the beautiful part of taking those first steps on that journey of healing is like once you kinda like finally open your eyes and you see that there's so much world around you. I feel like in St. Louis too, there's a uh, I don't want to say like a comfort, but there's a a standing still, like it's just a stay in place quality about St. Louis, where yeah. it's like, eh, I'm good, real. I don't, I don't, I'm, eh, eh. and that's fine, you know. For for some people, that's what 
this is where they want to be and this is all they want to be and they are beautiful human beings and are magnificent for being here but for a lot of people like yourself like myself like my partner like a lot of the people like my best friend who moved away there's too much of us that needs to see other things yeah and there. I, I want people to realize that it's okay to need to see other things and be other places and breathe other air and and take in the world. Mm-hmm. There's so much to learn and so much to see and so much to experience. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, to even un- unpack that because, so like growing up, I was just, um, I kind of felt like looking back at myself, I felt like I was like this, my brain a lot of times felt like a blank canvas and people were just telling me mm. how to think, how to mm-hmm. feel. And so it developed this, I don't know if uh, codependency is the right term or not, but like feeling like, oh, I don't know what to do. I need to ask this person uh-huh. uh, what my thought opinion should be or thought should be and thought uh-huh. be just figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there are times especially in in the past year but especially pandemic time where I was just like man I I really grew up being told everything and even if I tried to do it my own way I was told nope get back in line get it back in place Mm -hmm. and do it this way and I just did it without even realizing how it impacted me long term Uh and you know experiences like it wasn't a great time in my life. Like, it, I was not happy. But in my 20s, even when I got to study abroad and, like, see different cultures and things like that, that, like, whew, you know, like, yeah. started, it started, like, the development of being like, okay, hold on. Wait a minute. Yeah. That be something to this. <laughs> yeah, even, like, somehow I was taught, like, wait. Okay, so, yeah. I've always, like, felt, but I've always neglected it. And mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it's just, like, quote unquote a sin of some sort yeah, right yeah. but letting go of religion and letting go of a lot of things like try not to you know the second I my again very fortunate growing up I, I was very fortunate to have, live in the house that I lived in and be the person that I am mm-hmm. um, before I even knew I was queer before I even let go of religion it my mom encouraged me to do whatever the hell I wanted to do she once I was a teenager she was like if you want to go to church with me you can if you don't want to go to church with me you don't have to that's your choice mm-hmm. and I was like I like to choose I grew up with a lot of choices yeah 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 um when my dad wasn't in the household um sure. I grew up with a lot of choices and <laughs> listen I don't shade religion or religious people mm-hmm. I love that for you but for me I'm good. I'll stick with my spiritual, my connection to energy and to everything around me. And that feels, when you realize that everything is energy and energy is everything. Yeah. There's nothing else you can, I mean, like that connection just, it just makes sense. It makes so much more sense in me, in me and for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Hang like that connection with uh, certain things uh, has helped me along the way, Mm -hmm. like truly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, 
I only have a couple. Well, I didn't really even ask you really any questions. We went totally <laughs> off, and I love it. And that's the whole point of this. I I love hearing other people's stories. I was told in a past life, not in a past life, but I was told earlier in life that I should have been a therapist. And mm-hmm. like, no, <laughs> that's not me. That's not my gig. I heal through art. There you go. And a lot of people don't think that YouTube or, or podcasts or social media is art, but it is. Oh, it's, it absolutely is. It is a creative absolutely. outlet. It is a platform. It is a way to heal people and to antagonize people because, you know, some people that be too. tripping on the internet. Oh, but A lot of people tripping. Yes, they do. Um, I don't know if they get called out for it sometimes, too. Yeah, I love to see it. I absolutely love to see it. it you know... <laughs> I'm not always praying for people's downfalls. No, 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 no. Like, you know, but, but there's some people where I'm, I'm all like, for accountability. Uh huh. I'm yeah, all for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Always been for that. Oh yes. Um. So on uh, Mental Health Chat Monday, like I said in the intro, our our motto is turning mental illness into mental wellness. Mm-hmm. What is your de- def- definition definition of mental wellness? What does that look like for you? What does it sound like? How does it feel? Yeah, so the full definition is still something I think I'm still developing in this journey. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think knowing that I have a mental illness and still uh, being able to find the joys in it and exist with it, mm-hmm. uh, I think. It, <sighs> It's something in between that. It's like the the joy of finding the in the in the coexisting, still finding joy in the coexisting, but also being aware of like where I'm at, depending on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that because I'm still developing it fully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know it's, it's something in there. Yeah, and that's valid. Yeah, we love that. What's uh, what's your definition? My definition of mental wellness is, yeah, it's very similar to what you said. It's the coexistence, but it also is um, personally being able to talk about it and using my voice as a healing tool for me. And on the grand scheme of things. It's understanding, acknowledging, and accepting the mental illness mm-hmm. and coexisting with it while still keeping your foot on his neck. Mm-hmm. Not letting it all not letting it win, not letting it always be uh, I wrote that line on the show for for a reason. I, I I always thought you were the most interesting thing. You're the most interesting thing about me. This is the person talking to their mental illness. And realizing that your mental illness is not the most interesting thing about you. Mm-hmm. You are the most interesting thing about you. That just comes with a package. Yeah. Last thing, will you leave us with a word of advice for allies uh, of the mentally ill community? Uh, in, how can they be in our corner? How can they support us? What should they or shouldn't they say? What piece of advice could you give for someone who is not necessarily living with a mental illness even though I think we all have a little bit of it right (laughs) Um, I think that the presence presence listening and 
um, your self-awareness will, uh, their, their self-awareness uh, will assist with that, with being a good listener and also being present. Because uh, if by chance you don't, you know, or in, late, or in, in that situation, your presence and support for someone who is going through that uh, is greatly important. My, my village is everything. Mm-hmm. People who support me, I don't care how few, small they are it's mighty and there are times like like I said I was lonely they felt lonely when I was in a new place Mm -hmm. but that village and that support it was just like what I needed you know um so yeah I'd I'd say if you don't have a mental illness by chance you don't have it (laughs) which I'm like it's got free in 2023 right (laughs) (laughs) just you being self aware of But also understanding that empathy is uh, something you're you have to learn mm-hmm. that is <laughs> and, true. Yeah. and grow and uh, your presence in listening. Uh, there's a lot of strength in that. I have to sometimes tell my my family's members and stuff like I'm not I'm not asking for advice. I'm yeah. not asking for you to fix the problem. You can't fix the problem. <laughs> I just need you here, yeah. you know? And so, um, yeah. I'll look at that. Yeah. Continue to be there. Be support. And also be, uh, you know, transparent. It's a lot. Sometimes I'll be held accountable. Sometimes it's about to do it. Yeah, that's true. So, that's um, true. yeah. I'd say just continue. Really, when you build your self-awareness, you're, that's when you're able to um, communicate better with someone else so I, yeah. yeah that's what I say Abe thank you so much for being here and for this incredible conversation I this is what I live for these conversations and this knowledge and light and beauty that is going to be spread out to the world so thank you so much for your presence for your talent for your voice and for your story um, do you have anything you want to plug to the people any upcoming projects social media anything like that you want to plug uh, sure. So, um, the music is coming. I'm working on it. Abe Shaw. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, it's at Abe T. Shaw on Instagram and TikTok. Um, YouTube is still a work in progress, but if you want to follow that too. Look, YouTube is hard. Yeah. It's it really, hard that to, to, to like, sit down and actually film. I like longer form content. Personally, yeah, it's yeah, easier yeah. for me to do YouTube than it is to do like anything else. Uh-huh. Except for Instagram, because I like taking pictures of myself. And I wish okay. Insta- Instagram, go back to being a picture app, please. <laughs> I like taking pictures of myself. But YouTube is difficult. It's very hard. <laughs> but if by chance you want to follow YouTube, it's Abraham Shaw. Um, and yeah, the music is coming. And thank you for asking me, because this oh. has been great. And I love what you're doing. And I've always... You know this that I've just admired you as an artist. Love that you do. Uh, you've been so I've gone reached out to for advice and things too. So I love what you're doing, and please continue. I appreciate you. Thank you. That door is always open. Always, Thank always you. open. Uh, and I would love to have you back when you have your your answer for what mental wellness means to you yeah. in a future season. Absolutely, okay. I look forward to it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for listening and tuning in. 
Again, my name is DJ Bayani. If you want to find me, my links are all down below in the description box. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Mental Health Chat Monday. I will see you next week. Bye.